BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And welcome to Beyond the Column. This is a Chicago Reader exclusive podcast all about the Chicago Reader columns from one man, the man sitting right next to me. Turns out he's been writing these things <laughs> since 1987. Uh, actually, that uh, is not a- accurate. Oh. Let me correct that. Okay. Uh, I've been writing columns for the Reader since uh, 1984. Oh, my God. But I know. He's old, ladies and gentlemen. I don't even think the doctor was born when I started doing born these things. Born in 1983. Okay, you the were, very last day of 1983. Ah, my first column for the reader. I recall what you said. Coco caca. That's what you said. Coco <laughs> <laughs> caca. He, he, he was always a fast talker, ladies and gentlemen. We're calling this Beyond the Column, and it's a uh, podcast focused on Ben Jarofsky columns. Like I All said. All right, just want to say one thing. 87 is when you can get them because they don't go back before 87. Go ahead. Ah. <sighs> okay. Well, we're going to be reading. Uh, uh, a column from Ben Jarofsky passed a little later on, so uh, make sure you stick around for that. But today we're going to be talking about Ben's latest column in the Chicago Reader. You can go check it out right now. It's available at chicagoreader.com. Mythbuster. But as an intro here for our first episode of the podcast, well, we're going to talk about your process of writing these uh, things. You've been doing it in a long time, so I'm sure you got a, a habit or, you know, a, a routine that you go through every week. So if you could uh, walk us through uh, what the process is, you know, when do you start? What day do they come out? Uh, walk us through this process that you've been going through for so long. I've been doing this for 5,000 years. And uh, so the process starts uh, in my mind. Ooh, I start writing columns uh, before I actually sit down to write them. So I'm thinking about what I want to write. And uh, having the uh, talk show. Is there anything that kind of, you know, uh, gets the creative juices flowing? You know, maybe like a bike ride or a walk? That helps. See, a lot of times. Great question. <laughs> a lot of times. Where did this guy... Did you learn that at radio school? <laughs> Please keep going. <laughs> a, a lot of times, you know, I can't get the ideas. I like to bundle up there and I can't get them up. So I go for a walk. And I, you know, I'm walking and that's, that loosens it up. And then, boom, I take out a piece of paper with a pen and write the ideas down. Once I get those transitions, life is good. I can sit back. Yes! Because the hard part is over. And then I go home and then you got to put it together, smooth it out. See, a lot of times I I talk to you, you'll say, Ben, have you written your column yet? And I go, no, but I know what I'm going to write. Okay. And that's like a good sign. So, But then there's the... The hard part, it's just the work, you know, it's just, you write it out, then you uh, you double check, triple check your facts, and then you put your links in, and then you go correct the errors, and run it through spell check, and then you put it on the reader's, uh, you know, the, the that G, what is that thing called? Uh, G drive? Yeah, whatever. And uh, G whatever. G whatever. And, and then, uh, you know, let it go. So that's the process, but it starts like, but a lot of that, what I was going to say, having uh, the the show helps me because I'll be talking about the issues all the time. And I was like, oh, you know what? And I'll say this. I got to write about, that's something I have to write about. 
Uh, so, for instance, Mythbusters uh, emerged from things that bits and pieces of conversation that we had about the news of the day. And uh, I, I put it all together. Okay. Over the weekend. So, and usually when I call you on Mondays, you're D man. I'm <laughs> writing an article. What man? So it seems like on Mondays is when Monday's uh, the deadline. <laughs> so it's like ultimately it's come on. What do you want? And I'm, you know I'm such a nice, sweet guy, ninety uh, percent of the time. But on deadline, what do you want? <laughs> uh, so you so you need those deadlines. You work off best off a of deadline. No, I I would never say that in a million years. But I am a. I mean the deadline is. You know, the deadline is the deadline. You like, that, you, ever, you like that clock ticking while you're uh, writing. I wouldn't say the word like. I would not put this. I mean, it's a love-hate relationship with what I've been doing since the 70s. Oh, God. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's life. Um, I've noticed that's how I am with, like, uh, when, you know, that one year I went to actual college. <laughs> And dropped out. What a great year but it was, though. When when I was there, though, I noticed, though, like, I couldn't get anything. Like, I had to have the deadline. You know what I mean? I kind of had to know that I only have, like, a few hours to do it. Yeah. If I knew I had all the time in the world, I would never do it. Well, I, I mean, there's, like I said, I'm, I'm constantly writing down ideas. Every day, I have this, oh, I was going to show it to the camera, but we're not doing this in camera. I have a old school notebook, and I write down ideas, and I'm always writing down ideas and transitions. Uh, and ideas for columns, ideas for stories, uh, and uh, so forth. Uh, but you're right. P actually assembling it into a polished piece where my lines are worked through, uh, all my jokes are in, and the links are in, that is the work that uh, happens on a deadline with me, with my eye on the clock, realizing I have to get it to a reader editor uh, by a certain time, usually noon, uh, the deadlines have changed. I've, had, I've been through so many deadlines at the reader over the years. Uh, Friday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday. Can you get this in on Wednesday? You know. Uh, so, yeah, I guess you're saying, yeah, the hard part of just putting it all together, deadline time. <laughs> deadline but, the, you know, time. the brain never stops. You're always trying to think about what you want to write next, what you want to, what you, like, I am already know what I'm going to write for next week. Oh, okay. Maybe we'll talk about that a little later on here. I think I actually mentioned this. on the show today. Okay. Well, we'll try to mention it on this show as well. All right. Uh, so before we unpack this, your latest column here, Myth Buster, you've been a Chicago Reader a long time. You obviously like the Reader. What is it you like so much about the Chicago Reader? Well, the Reader, uh, first of all, the Reader is an alternative newspaper. So when you go way back to when I started with the Reader, I'm like a reader type guy. I just don't fit in with the mainstream very well, as you figured out. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The only time I was ever on a mainstream outlet, they fired me. Uh, so you, uh, that's uh, exhibit A. Uh, you don't really fit in. Uh, so, you know, I just don't really fit in with the mainstream. I'm just kind of a quirky guy. Uh, you've gotten to know me over the years. And so where else would the reader would put up with me? And the reader back when I started had this uh, great attitude toward writers, which was the less we see of you, the better, which worked out for me, you know, so I just turned in the stories. <laughs> That's that. Uh, but this is a total freedom they give you to write whatever you want and take, and the old days really take the, the space to write it. So yeah, I just fit in well with that kind of counterculture alternative. Uh, newspaper style at the reader. All right, well, here we go. Let's get into it here. It's Ben's latest column. It's right now out at chicagoreader.com. Go check it out, uh, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you've yet to read the article. Go read it. We suggest you go read it. Pause this, all right? Pause it. Go read it. And then come back and listen, and then you can get uh, more of a, uh, a deeper dive on the column you just read. What are you doing? I'm doing the pause. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> All right, here we go. Mythbuster is what this column is titled from Ben Jarofsky here. Contrary to what Hillary said about Bernie, oh, we're going national politics here, you don't have to be liked to get stuff done. Let's pause it right here. Ben, walk us through what's going on through your brain and writing this. All right, well, again, this emerged from a conversation we had uh, on the show. And if you recall, at some point last week, uh, it, the story emerged that Hillary Clinton was, again, back to bashing Bernie. She loves bashing Bernie. That's a whole other story. Why does Hillary feel compelled to constantly bash Bernie? Let's just put that to the side for the moment and focus on what she said. And the comments she made in a documentary that was just released were along the lines of nobody likes him and he can't get anything done as those those two things uh, fit together. And when we were talking about it on the show, I don't know if you remember this, uh, we were talking about the show, I said, it just popped into my head, one is not linked to the other. Being liked does not mean you can get something done. And you have to ask yourself whether the things you're getting done are worth doing in the first place. Uh, and uh, sometimes people are not liked in politics because they won't do the things, the conventional things that the mainstream politics politicians do. And that was the kernel of the idea uh, that I wanted to explore. And I wanted to explore it in the context of Chicago politics, because that's what I know so well. And popped into mind was the classic case of Alderman Scott Wagesback. And I believe I said it, it was just riffing. For years, they said Scotty Wagesback is the most unpopular alderman in the city of Chicago, and he can't get anything done. And it's one of my favorite uh, themes to explore, that the notion that we have in Chicago that you got to go along to get something done, which I think is a complete myth. It's not true. Uh, people buy into it in the city of Chicago at their detriment. And so that was it. That Once I had the idea of what I wanted to write about, it was just a matter of... Uh, getting the supporting evidence, and then I had to call young Scotty. Uh, part of the reason why this was on my mind, Scott Wagsback was in this very studio. He was interviewed by Fran Spielman for the Fran Spielman Show, mm -hmm. and you were the producer in that when you came in. Mm -hmm. When I came in that day, you said, yeah, I saw Scott Wagsback today. I said, I haven't seen Scotty in a long time. So I called him up that weekend. We had a nice yeah, chat. Yeah, I was like, oh, Fran's grilling Wagsback about plastics. <laughs> yeah, and so I... <laughs> That was on a Friday, and I talked to him Sunday, called him up. We're going to bring him on our show, young Scott. He'll be on the show. But I was asking him, okay, you know, Scott Waggis back here is a classic thing. When he when he was on the outs, he was an independent alderman. He was criticizing Mayor Daley's really dumb plans. He voted against the parking meter deals. He should be applauded for courage and having sense uh, instead of uh, being disliked. He was disliked. The other alderman didn't like him because he made him look bad. It's just like Bernie and Senate. There's, it, they, the other, if they don't like him, if, if we're going to assume that they don't like him, it's not because he's a mean, nasty guy. It's because he criticizes the stuff they go along with, makes them look bad. Right now he's criticizing Joe Biden's uh, positions on Social Security. Joe Biden's mad. Joe Biden's supporters are like, he's not nice. Well, you know, Joe Biden had some ridiculous attitudes about Social Security back in the day. He bought into those Republican talking points that we have to lower the uh, age of retirement. We have to make people work more before they get their benefits. That we have to raise the amount people contribute. That there's this great crisis. That means we have to cut Social Security. Bernie said, that's ridiculous. Bernie was right. Biden was wrong. Democrats who are playing along with Republicans are wrong. You know that, Dems. You know it. 
So why are they mad at Bernie? Because he has the courage to speak out. And so they denounce him and they don't like him. Same thing with Elizabeth Warren. Anybody who speaks out against the status quo will, you know, generate some animosity. So that's the same thing with Scotty. So I called Scotty. I go, hey, since you're now on the mayor's team, you're the chair of the finance committee, you made the, the, a very shrewd decision to endorse Lori Lightfoot. Do they like you better? And that was, you know, hey, are you? Suddenly he's Mr. <laughs> Likeability. Everybody likes him. Hey, Scotty, what are you doing this weekend? We'll talk about Waggis Pack a little more here. But first, let's talk about uh, Hillary Clinton and the uh, comment she made here. Ben in the article writes, first, a reminder about what Hillary said about Bernie this time around in an interview with The Hollywood Reporter. Ben just said this. Uh, Nobody likes him. Nobody wants to work with him. He's he gets not or he got nothing done. He was a career politician. It's all just baloney. And I feel so bad that people got sucked in into it. Uh, ben goes on to say that Hillary Clinton's comments are so Chicago. What do you mean by that? So Chicago. If I could, I should have written it so with many O's. <laughs> it's like a conventional Chicago attitude. You know, that's so Chicago. Like, you got to get along. To, to, uh, to get, a, get anything, you got to go along. And uh, that uh, if you want something, you got to suck up to the man in power. You have to be liked by the other powerful people. That uh, if if you stick your neck out, people will turn against you and you won't get anything done. That's the, that right there. You can't get anything done in the city of Chicago. They just think about that. Like, think about the things they got done in the city of Chicago. Nobody wanted them. They got the parking meter deal done. Who wanted the parking meter deal? Well, we got it done. Well, so what? You would have been better off doing nothing. That would parking meter deal, folks, if, for you youngsters who don't realize it, a lot of people don't realize this, Mayor Daley, in his infinite wisdom, thought it would be a good idea to essentially uh, sell the control of the parking meters uh, in the city of Chicago to a private consortium of investors. They gave him about a billion, one billion point one up front. And for the next 75 years, they get all the proceeds. So as Scott Wagesback pointed out, you were selling a very valuable asset for far less than it was worth. So now every time all you suckers in the city of Chicago put your money in the parking meters, the money isn't going to the city to pay for things you want. The money goes to these investors who gave us this uh, 1.1 billion up front, which the city has already squandered. What a terrible deal. But instead of thanking Scott for pointing out all the flaws in the deal, all the other aldermen said, oh, what a spoil sport. What? He's not the life of the party. He's making us look bad. He can't get anything done. So I'm like, who? if, if selling off a valuable asset for less than it's worth is an example of getting something done, I'd rather have a mayor who doesn't do anything. How about that and for a thought? Another thing you noted here in your article here about Bernie, you said Bernie managed to move health care from the fringes of the left to the center, something neither the Clintons nor Obama could do. Absolutely. That's the other thing. Oh, he can't get anything done. Oh, yeah? For a guy who can't get anything done, he sure did a great job of getting people to talk about health care for all. I, the Clintons talked about it a little bit at the start of the 90s, and then the, insur- in, the insurance industry hit him with a few commercials, and they dove under a table. Barack Obama, when he got to be president of the United States, says, I'm not even going to think about it. That's off the table. I'm not even gonna, don't even talk about it. No lefties allowed. And so, you know, we compromised with Obamacare, which is better than nothing, but I, I feel it's like the first step toward health care for all. And Bernie was the one who pushed it and pushed it and pushed it, wasn't afraid to look goofy, yelling and screaming and waving his hands, right, D? Wasn't afraid to raise it at every single debate. Hillary's rolling her eyes. There he goes again. Uh, And, you know, makes all the others look bad because he's insisting on a program that most people would want, but that the Democrats are not 
pushing hard for. Why? Because they don't want to spoil their relations with the insurance industry or the pharmaceutical industry. So, yeah, I give Bernie credit. That's getting something. That's a different kind of getting something done. In Chicago, we think of getting something done. You planted a tree. Okay, that's really nice. You planted a tree. It's really nice. Yeah, it's really nice. And you pick up garbage. By the way, it's my other theory about Chicago. I don't know if I put this in the story. This is this is another myth in Chicago that we need a powerful mayor to make the trains run. I've had this debate with young Kenneth Davis many times. Oh boy! <laughs> Excellent Ken Davis impression. No words said, but still a great impression. That's Chicago. Chicago thinks that the mayor has something to do with the trains. Doesn't have anything to do with the trains. Okay, but you in Chicago think, oh, we have to have a powerful, mean, nasty mayor. Otherwise, the trains won't run on time. These are the myths. This is so Chicago. This is the kind of myth that people in Chicago have. So we're going to vote for a brute. That's what we're going to do for We kind of deviated from that with Lori Lightfoot. You know, but like Rahm was nasty. Daly was nasty. We deviated with Harold Washington. And then the nicest mayor we had in terms of warm, genuine personality was despised by half the city because he's a black man. What a city we live in. That is so Chicago, D. This is a great comment here you put on your column. And third, Sanders hasn't been able to achieve his legislative goals like national health care because they're too radical for powers that be. Not because he's unlikable. Hell, Bernie couldn't get them passed if he told jokes, juggled, and did his Richard Nixon impression. Does Bernie have a good Richard Nixon impression? I don't know. I was. There was. Do you have a good Richard Nixon impression? I am not a crook. I my, it's, my Nixon imitation goes into Bernie. Yeah, you do Twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> my impression's te- terrible. My Bernie impression is really an impression of Dennis doing his Bernie impression. But yeah, so I was like, okay, that's an example. You're like, well, I want to tell a joke, you know, like that. So Hillary is saying he can't. He, he's unlikable. He can't get anything done. So I was like, a likable guy with guy who tells jokes, right? So you know, do it, Richard Nixon and. Whatever. Anyway, so I don't know. Maybe Bernie's great. Rich. I've never met Bernie. Bernie's never been on the show, by the way. Oh my! Yeah, we got. You know we got. We got. <laughs> did I know that? I produced the damn thing. D, did you know that Bernie's never been on? I wrote the damn bill. Okay, yeah. you're getting better at it. <laughs> I love Doctor D. <laughs> Doctor Doobie. <laughs> I love Doctor Doobie. He's great. <laughs> His person's a lot better than mine. Twenty-seven dollars. <laughs> All right, so that was fun. Let's see here. And it says, finally, finally, if Sanders if Sanders' congressional colleagues don't like him, it's probably because he makes them look bad yes. by criticizing the status quo. Mm-hmm. Ben says he agreed on, he disagreed on both fronts, for one thing. Scott, oh, he's talking about Scotty Wagaspack here. Mm-hmm. Let's introduce Scott Wagaspack into the article. Mm-hmm. Uh, you say that Bernie's local equivalent is Scott Wagaspack, alderman of the 32nd Ward. For years, Wagaspack has had a reputation for being unlikable. Now, I've met Scott Wagaspack. He's probably the friendliest guy out of anybody that I've met in the city council. Why was he, uh, why was his reputation unlikable? Because. So friendly. He is. He's a a friendly guy. He's a nice guy. He listens to what she has to say. shows interest in you. I've known Scotty since 2007. He was a rookie running uh, against Ted Matlock. I mean, unlikable to who? He's unlikable to all the other aldermen when he makes them look bad. You know who hated Scotty? I remember Proco Joe Moreno. You remember Proco Joe? Proco Joe loved Nirvana. He loved music of the 90s. Ben, it's really good music, Ben. (laughs) Proco. 
I love nineties music. Anyway, enough. You know, yeah, nineties music is really good. Yeah, but okay, it doesn't mean anything. I just remember Prokocho getting so excited. It was his generation. Uh, he loved the nineties. So Prokocho, uh, you know, <laughs> was like a classic alderman who couldn't stand Scotty because Scotty would point out that Prokocho and, and all the other aldermen were signing on really boneheaded stuff that wasn't in any way reform, and it would make them look bad. And so, like, so here's what we do. I pointed this out in the story. So let's say the mayor, uh, Scotty, introduced some legislation that uh, the mayor, the mayor did not want the Scott Wagusbacks of the world to think that they had any power, to think that they could uh, criticize him and then get the council to pass legislation that was beyond their ward, all right? So they'll approve their zoning matters, but talking about citywide legislation. So what they do, this goes back to the days of old man Daly, when an independent alderman like Scott Wagusback dares to introduce some citywide ordinance, they generally shuttle it off to the rules committee, let it die there, uh, and never get hurt again as a way of showing him, punishing him, that's how they punish him, uh, to sort of humiliate him for daring to criticize the mayor. Then if they think that it's a good PR move to pass some version of that legislation they'll go to another alderman who's favorable like a Proco Joe Moreno or a, my good friend Amaya Pawar or Will Burns and something and they'll dust off the legislation dilute it water it down and get them to pass it and then they can go on Chicago tonight and go we know how to work the system we get things done unlike Scott Wagusback. And then everybody in Chicago was like, yeah, I heard it on Chicago Tonight. It must be true. I read it in the Chicago Tribune. It must be true. If you don't work with the mayor, you can't get stuff done. And that's how Democrats think in Congress. Well, if you don't work with the Republicans, you can't get stuff done. But you don't want the stuff they're doing. Who wants to cut Social Security except for the Republicans? Why would any Democrat sign on to that? But that, like right now, Joe Biden is saying, well, you got to learn to work bipartisan. Let's see the Republicans move to where we are. Then I'll agree to work on bipartisan. It's funny because under uh, Mayor Lightfoot, old Waggis Pack got himself a promotion. Uh, and now you're saying he's unlikable uh, years ago. But to those of the progressive persuasion, he was pretty darn likable, yeah. right? It was Well, first of all, so and, I was going to say it kind of flipped a little bit when he got that uh, raise from Mayor Lightfoot, right? Those of the progressive the persuasion were like, ah, what's happening to Waggis? Well, there are, yeah, the real hardcores, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ride or die progressives, <laughs> you know, now they're mad at it. But they don't think he's unlikable. They just wish that he would bash Mayor Lori Lightfoot. And Scotty's like... I'm not going to bash her. She named me finance chair, so... Mm, and he was an avid supporter of her when she was running, too. That is correct. And see, he supported her long ago before anybody thought she was going to win. Back in the days when she was hanging around with Dennis uh, at Labor Day. Remember at the Labor yeah. Day picnic? Yeah. Dennis, and, Dennis, Dennis and Lori hanging out. Hey, what's up, D? That was Lori saying to Dennis, what's going on? That, that? None of that happened. <laughs> ben was like, hey, Lori, man, that's D. She's like, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, sure. Goes, Does he uh, live in Chicago? Yeah, oh, hey, great. How are you? Uh, keep away, Ben. You're weird. Uh, and, uh, oh, Ben. <laughs> Keep the bald weirdo out of here. That's me. I'm he bald. does a great Lori Lightfoot imitation. Yeah, that'll get me far in life. <laughs> $1 billion. That's billion with a B. <laughs> See, all my imitations are me imitating Dennis. Imitate. Uh, story of my life. <laughs> I really want to be good at imitations, but it's hard. Yeah, you're not. Okay, um, so uh, let's... Marge! <laughs> That's my Homer Marge. Simpson. All right, let's end it out here uh, with the article. Uh, what's this called again? 
I don't know, an article? Mythbuster. Oh, Mythbuster. <laughs> forgot By already. the way, with You've titles. hanging around with that's me, something, uh, That's something I wanted to ask you about, too. Uh, with the titles, uh, you don't come up with those, do you? Unfortunately, yes. You do? Uh, yes. You came up with Mythbuster? Yes, I did. I came up with them. And, you know, I, it's funny. We have a bit on the show where we uh, compare. And I've been honest about this. I said this on the show. We compare the Tribune to the Sun-Times. And usually, I hate to say it, Trib, Sun-Times kind of mops the floor with you with their clever. Let's see what's on the cl- front page of the bright one today. Let's Let's just see, okay? Let's, see. Let's do it. Let's have a little headline showdown right now. Um, <laughs> okay. The, <laughs> the, the Tribune didn't have this story. This is an exclusive. Uh, Chicago, Chicago Police Department's controversial new tool, its facial recognition software, lets police search images of unknown suspects. That's a headline? No, I'm just telling you what it is oh. so I can set up the headline, okay? Oh, okay. All right, so it's, it's this facial recognition software. And the headline? Face invaders? Yeah, it is. It's pretty good. I know. I'm telling you. It's really good. You know, we, we do this show at the Sun-Times, and it's like these quiet guys. The edit, the edit, the headline writers, they don't have much to say. They're quiet guys. You know that, D? They don't really say anything. And, you know, of course, not everybody. Not a lot of people say anything. Well, you need to grab one of those people from the Sun-Times to help you out with your column. Myth Buster. Okay, so I write my own. I make fun of the Tribune guys, but I do the best I can. I write my, So I thought, hmm, I'm busting myths. I get it. Like Ghostbusters, <laughs> Mythbusters. Okay. You know, sometimes the first idea may not be the best one. You know, you should have brainstormed a little more. And you know, I'm on the de- I'm on the remember the deadline part of this conversation. I'm on a deadline. I got to get that headline in. If they don't like it, they'll rewrite it. And apparently, they liked it because they did not rewrite it. I mean, Mr. Popular, that could be one, right? That could be a good one, Mr. Popular, Mr. Uh, Likable. Mm-hmm. All right, folks, live audience. Wait, oh wait, there is no live audience. <laughs> <laughs> weigh in, MythBusters, Mr. Popular. Which one do you like best? I like. Wait, the audience is weighing in. One, one for MythBusters, two for MythBusters. Okay, there's nobody in this building. <laughs> Three for just you and me, dude. Up, <laughs> oh, MythBusters wins. Oh well, you know how that goes. All right. Well, you know, like I said, maybe, uh, you know, maybe call me up and we can come up with a good uh, title. Yeah, that'll work. Hey, D, you're usually like, it's a Monday. It's his day off. He's so wasted. And he's watching wrestling. I'm not so wasted. No, I'm just kidding. He's not. He doesn't do that. Maybe there's someone listening important, you know? Yeah, that's true. Hire him anyway. Yeah, come on. He's really good at what he does. All right. So you round out uh, your column, Mythbuster, here uh, with the following. I never, oh, it's a a quote from Waggus Pack. I told you, I called Scotty. Waggus Pack ends it out here. He says, quote, I never thought I was that unpopular back in the days of Brom and Daly. I tried to be nice to everyone. But now that you mention it, there were some guys who might say hello to me when we passed in the hall. But they'd keep themselves at arm's length if the mayor was around because they feared that if Rom saw them talking to me, they'd get reprimanded. That doesn't happen anymore, said <laughs> yeah. Waggus Pack. And then I close it by saying, I'm telling you, if Scott stays on Lori's good side, pretty soon the other alderman will name him Mr. Congeniality. Now there's your title right there. Mr. Congeniality. Oh, that's, but that was, okay, you know, I mean, but that doesn't, well, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I got a bad headline. No, All it's right. not bad. Let's see if it's as good as the headline in the Tribune. Here, <laughs> okay, this is about Pritzker's speech. Pritzker takes aim at graft in State of the State speech. That's the Tribune headline. Let's see how the, Very to the point. They're yeah, not playing around. They're not playing around. Let's see what the bright one has to say about it. Hold on. Hold on. Let me find it. 
Uh, hold on, everybody. This hold is great on. podcasting. Hold here. on. Been flipping through the paper. Hold on. Here Boy, we go. Boy, the po- podcast was great. I really like the part where Ben was flipping <laughs> through the paper. Uh, I hate to say it sometimes, not much better. Pritzker calls for corruption cleanup. Oh, they're using the alliteration there. That wasn't bad. Oh, the corruption cleanup. The other one they had was much better. Face invaders? That, that was, was real really good. good. That was real good. Mythbusters? <laughs> yeah, well, no, you know what? Next Monday? Ring, ring. Hello. Uh, D, put the bog down and help me with this well, headline. Let's go. I can help you out. I can help you out, all right? All right, hold on. Let me turn the wrestling tape off. Okay. <laughs> All right. I don't watch wrestling that much. I do watch it a lot. All right. <laughs> so there you are. That's a little look at Ben's latest column, Mythbuster. Yes. Uh, go check it out if you've yet to read it. It's right now at chicagoreader.com. Uh, ben, what's on the tap for next week? Got any ideas for next yeah, week's Yeah, I column? told you, man. And it's it started in this uh, studio. Uh, so I was talking to some of the Bernie people about the delegate selection process. And I realized that I didn't understand how presidential delegates are selected in the state or an awarded in a portion. So if I didn't know it and I'm Mr. Supposed to Know Everything, most people in the state didn't know it. Okay. So I figured, you know what? I'm going to explain this. So that's, I was on the phone. I already did the research. I was on the phone talking to the great Maggie Wonderly, who uh, knows more about delegate selection in Illinois. I'm like, can I give a, a little tip to youngsters out there who are thinking of going into journalism? First of all, go for it. Don't run the other way. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but if you want to get a job, find someone who really uh, knows his or her uh, subject and is patient and can take the time to lead you through it. it it'll really help. There, uh, tip number one. And so Maggie Wonderly couldn't have been nicer. She led me through it, the process, and we had a lot of fun. So I'm going to explain delegate selection. And those listening who think that Ben is Mr. Supposed to Know Everything, oh, let's just bust that myth <laughs> right now. No. You'd be surprised how people, like, they ask me, the. I, it just stuns me sometimes. People ask me questions about like, how do you, oh, like the intricacies of TIF law, up in uh, the TIF code, the, the state municipal TIF. How would I know? You think I read it? Have you ever seen the TIF code? Good God. Anyway, was that an impression of anyone in particular? No, (laughs) just a lot of people. So there you go. That's a look at uh, Mythbuster, the latest column from Ben Jarofsky. Now I figure what we would do here on this podcast special, Beyond the Column, we're calling it. Turns out Ben's been doing this a long time. Yes. So we have just an archive of Ben Jarofsky columns. You can check these out, too. Uh, ChicagoReader.com. Just put in, uh, actually, just Google Chicago Reader Ben Jarofsky, and you'll get a ton of articles there. So what I figured we would do here is pull an article from around this time in a different year, right? right. So the article I have here is from Tuesday, January 31st, wow. the year 2012. Jeez. All right. That was eight years ago, man. You look at the mathematician <laughs> over here. My wow. Yeah, can't get eight. anything past this guy. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was eight years ago. <laughs> Hold on. Math buster. That's what you are. My goodness. You know, D, I went to Evanston High School. I don't know if I told you that before. And I took algebra, freshman algebra. Yes, so this one here is from Tuesday, January 31st, 2012, about this week in 2012. Uh, and this one regards, uh, or this one's all about Twitter. Ben's uh, love for Twitter. 
It's really interesting. I read this, and uh, this is in 2012, and boy, not much has changed in the year 2020. <laughs> no. uh, so let's go ahead and read. I'll, I'll read this here. All right, go ahead. Uh, let's see. This is Ben's article, Chicago Reader, uh, January 31st, 2012. Interesting tweeting developments coming out of City Hall. Alderman Rick Munoz wants to keep the city from blocking Twitter during the upcoming G8 and NATO summits. Apparently, you can shut down the whole tweeting thing simply by turning off the power to the cell phone towers, Munoz told the Sun-Times. I did not know that. <laughs> to quote the great Eugene Levy is what Ben said there. Ben, let's hear your uh, Eugene Levy impression. I, I did not know that. <laughs> it's pretty good. I love Eugene Levy. Let's put that Ten in. Ten trivia points. What movie is that from? I'm asking you. American Pie. Eh, negative. It's, Dog show. Yes, best in best show. Best in show. He's sitting there with his uh, wife who were in the movie, and she's explaining about how they met their first date, and she says something, and he goes, I did not know that. I saw that. I've been doing it for 20 years, D. So he put that Eugene Levy quote in this column. I, I did, did not, not know, know that. that. <laughs> to quote the great, great Eugene Levy, I did not know that. All right. His article continues here. Of course, the things I don't know about Twitter tweets and tweeting could probably fill up an ocean. <laughs> here it is. The year 2020. Ben, have you learned anything new about no. Twitter? Yeah, I, I, here's what I learned about Twitter. Okay, here's what I learned about Twitter over the years. People look really foolish doing it. Yeah. Uh, I understand why people do it. I understand a lot of people who the people who do it love it. Remember the guy Steve from the old show before they fired me? Oh, yeah. Oh, Ben, Twitter. <laughs> I love Twitter. Really? <laughs> Twitter? Twitter? <laughs> oh, he loved Twitter, man. Oh. He loved Twitter. <laughs> I heard this news on Twitter. See, here's the thing, man. This is something that Dennis teases me about. If you just read a newspaper, you'll get the news. You'll just get it a little later than everybody else. So Dennis will say, yeah, I'm going to do this. will be in the news today. I'm going to read that. How did you know that? I didn't see that in the Sun-Times. Uh, then it's online. And sure enough, the next day, I'll read it in the newspaper, home delivered as always, and I'll know about it. But it's 24 hours later. So people who really got to be in the know, got to know everything right now. Blah, blah, blah. They love Twitter. Uh, and so I can understand my friends of the younger persuasion, this is what they know, they grow up with. But it's the older guys, you know, above the age of 60. Come on, guys. And of course, when Twitter first came out, when I wrote this story, there were people telling me who, who really were irritated by my attitude about Twitter, D. And they used to defend Twitter. I remember one guy in particular, I won't name his name because he looked really foolish, was explaining that it was because of Twitter that there were revolutions throughout the Middle East. Oh, Ben, are you against the revolutions in the Middle East? Like me pointing out how, you know, weird Twitter is at times. It means I'm against revolutions in the Middle East. Anyway, I like to point out, oh, yeah, thanks to Twitter, President Donald John Trump uh, is the ruler of the free world. Still like Twitter? So, uh, you know, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Well, I remember uh, when I brought this article up to you before we recorded this, uh, you said something about Ricky Rubio. Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. So the reader insisted I go on Twitter. I'm like, oh, yes, you're going on Twitter. So they gave me, they made me get a handle. I got the worst handle in the world. I, if I knew then what I know now, I wouldn't have had that handle. Whatever. What's the handle? Jarav Ben. Oh, yeah. What a dumb handle. <laughs> so dumb. I didn't know. I didn't think it through. Okay. I <laughs> didn't think Twitter would be around in 2020. I didn't. Yes. I thought it was so weird at the time. Like, wait a minute. Wasn't it 40? 
uh, characters yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. Now they expand. No, I think 140 characters. 140. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. I'm wrong. He's right. I'm wrong. So the so the reader they go. All right. They had the Twitter guy. His name was um, Tall. That was his name. He goes. All right. Here's what we're gonna. Tall. Yeah. That was his name. Like Paul with a T. Uh, that is correct. Tall. T A L. Yep. That's his name. Was he tall? No, not really. Uh, oh, man. <laughs> that's a bummer. Uh, I know. That's weird. Uh, anyway, so um, so he said, "All right, here's what we're gonna do. It's a great idea. What we're gonna do? We're gonna teach you how to tweet, okay? And we're gonna go to a restaurant and we're gonna watch the Bulls basketball. Everybody knows I'm a Bulls fan." And um, uh, the Bulls were, were playing the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Ricky Rubio uh, was a rookie guard for the Timberwolves, and Derek Rose at his uh, prime before the injury was playing for the Bulls. And so it's like, will the rookie challenge Derek Rose? Let's see it live. So we're going to tweet this live. And they were tweeting it out over the reader's Twitter what do you call it? Twitter channel, handle, whatever you call it. And Tall was doing the tweeting. So he goes, so we're watching the game, and he says, just whatever, say whatever's on your mind, and I'll tweet it. <laughs> so I don't know. I, who, I, stupid stuff. You know, I'm watching a game. Like, who's that weird guy in the front row? So I'm like, he's just tweeting it. And it's Twitter. I didn't understand Twitter. I've never yeah. done Twitter. I mean, still don't. I still ahead. don't. Yeah, I still don't understand it, but I really didn't understand it then. All of a sudden, people start reacting. Who's this idiot tweeting? <laughs> what kind of stupid comments are those? So, of course, me, take it personal. So, I'm like, hey, go tell him to, I'm not, a dentist never lets me swear. Go tell him to beep himself, F himself. And he, he puts it in. Next thing you know, there's like a Twitter war. <laughs> tell that mother beep to go beep. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, and everybody was like all these other people were they had nothing else to do but read the Twitter's Twitter feed feed. That's the there word. There it is. Okay. Nice. So I got into a Twitter war with all these knuckleheads on Twitter who, by the way, in my opinion, were probably too old to be on Twitter anyway. Oh, you have a rule about Twitter. Yeah, that Twitter. Right? If you're above the age, what is it, 60 or 50? Well, it used to be 50, and then uh, you gradually uh, worked up to 60. Uh, well, I think I'm going back to 50 because you guys look <laughs> foolish. I'm going to get it. Done. Donald Trump, man. And, and then don't get me started what the Washington Post did. See, here's the thing. You want it two ways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just get a little political here, as I always do. Mm -hmm. All these newspapers are telling the reporters, I want you to have a social media presence. Get on Twitter. Get on Instagram. So, you know, get the word out. I want you to have a social media presence, okay? Uh, and um, not realizing that it's like undercutting the whole industry that we're in. But whatever. That's a whole other story. Uh, so the reporter for the Washington Post tweeted out a, uh, a link to an article about about uh, right after Kobe Bryant uh, died in a helicopter crash, about uh, his rape case that was against him. Uh, she was bombarded with hate messages. And what did the, the boss at the Washington Post do? They suspended her and chastised her. You, I mean, so it's like you can't have you. Hey, she did what you wanted him to do. She established a presence. She got a lot of hits and generated a lot. Anyway, Twitter, I just make, I think it makes people look bad. But anyway, the point of this thing, the original article, the Ricky Minos article, was because Twitter was so popular then that the notion that the city could shut down Twitter was firing up uh, millennials, yeah, youngsters. Yeah. It says here, as uh, Alderman Munoz's warning spread, folks went nuts. Yeah. Started talking about how this would be an unwarranted intrusion on our constitutionally protected right to tweet. As could be expected, Mayor Emanuel's press people saw the fallout and went running in the other directions started denying that he would ever block Twitter, said it was all a big misunderstanding, assured us that Mayor E, 
loves tweeting as much as he loves unions, school teachers, and libraries. That's a little inside uh, sarcasm there. Because <laughs> those are links. That's a link to all these articles I wrote about how he uh, fought unions, uh, cut uh, hours at libraries, etc. Et oh, the mayor would like to weigh in here. Take a chill pill, man. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, my point being that uh, I, I listen, I welcome any sign that Chicagoans are breathing and alive. And if they want to protest uh, a possibility of shutting down Twitter, God bless them. But I was pointing out there was a lot of all these other issues out on the table that no one seems to worry about. Yeah, it says here, in which case you're in a heap of trouble, Twitter heads. <laughs> you call them Twitter heads. I like that. Yeah, thank you. That still holds up. Yeah. Let's see here. As hard as this may be to believe, I'm sort of with the mayor on this one. Oh, that is. It's very hard to believe, Ben. Uh, this is 2012. What, Mayor Rahm was a year in at this oh, point? Oh, God, I was going after him left and right in 2012. As hard as, uh, as hard as this may be to believe, I'm sort of with the mayor on this one, though for different reasons. Nothing against Twitter users, but what the beep, Ben says. It just says F-U-B-B dot, yeah, dot, yeah, dot, yeah. dot. And those, even though then I was like, ah, Dennis would not want me to do it. So. No, I, I think you should do it like moving, moving forward. <laughs> When you go to curse, you should just do put beep in all caps. You mother beep. And then, well, that's what we do in the show. Yeah, and then do that on the article. Okay. That'd be good. That'd be really good. And then get the F U period, period, period. <laughs> all right. So it says here since when do protesters need Twitter to protest? I mean, you didn't see Bill Ayers and with his weather people needing Twitter during the days of rage. Ah, hell no. They got crunk on. <laughs> Putting the word crunk in it. And, and you say reefer in here a little later, too. Oh, hell no. They got crunk on acid, red wine, and reefer. Put on their motorcycle helmets, went on out and smashed some windows. Now that, that's how you wage a revolution. Not that I'm condoning waging revolutions. On the other hand, that red wine and reefer doesn't sound so bad. Boy, you haven't changed at all, have you? Nope, I haven't changed a bit. <laughs> Yeah. On the other hand, <laughs> that red wine and reefer sounds pretty good to me. He goes on to say, look, pretty much anything that wakes Chicagoans from their stupor is all right by me. To greatly paraphrase something that Alderman Bernie Stone once told me. Who? Uh, Bern, uh, how long does, uh, what's the history on Bernie, Bernie Stone? Bernie Stone, a rest in peace, was the alderman of the 50th Ward. Uh, he was one of the few regular aldermen who would talk to me all the time. And generally, he would begin each conversation with me by telling me what was wrong with me. The problem with you liberals. And then, but I loved him dearly. He always called me back. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. He says here to uh, greatly paraphrase something that uh, Bernie Stone once told him, you can rob the taxpayers blind using TIF money to build any old stupid thing you want. So long as the stupid thing you want to build doesn't block people's garages. Yeah, Bernie was a wise man. They don't yeah. care if you waste their money on stupid stuff. Just don't block their garage. That's <gasps> people get so mad. That's like the Lincoln Yards development. The mayor opened up a window and threw out billions of dollars. But the only thing people on the north side cared of, uh, will the will the towers shade my garden? That's what I'm really worried about. <laughs> and the Tribune's giving like pages and pages. How much? How long? How tall are the buildings? Not looking at you know the consequences. Whatever. You see why I could never work on a mainstream newspaper, D? Yeah, I know. We tried uh, AM radio, and that didn't even work. <laughs> oh my. Ben, could you please leave now? 
Oh, boy, uh, Ben, c- could you leave, please? <laughs> All right, it says here, at which point the gloves are off. Not that I'm condoning blocking garages or wasting TIFF money on building stupid things. The point is, powerful mayors are pretty much free to do whatever they want. Take TIFF money from poor neighborhoods and spend it in rich ones. Close libraries on Mondays. Close neighborhood mental health clinics. Raise the water sewer tax. No problem. But shut down Twitter? Never! <laughs> so if blocking Twitter's the price we pay to wake people up, Take it down and let the chips fall where they may. Now, to this point right here, Ben, where you said power mail, uh, powerful mayors are pretty much free to do whatever they want. Take TIF money from uh, poor neighborhoods. It's been in rich ones. Uh, here it is. That was in 2012, 2020. Has anything changed? Nope. Absolutely nothing has changed. They're still taking that TIF money and spending it in a... In uh, rich neighborhoods, that was the last thing Mayor Rom did. As he walked out the door with Lincoln Yards in '78, and I'm still here, D. And pointing still it out. awful on Twitter. Uh, yeah, <laughs> terrible, just terrible. <laughs> Twitter. I know my Twitter-loving fans out there and friends out there love their Twitter. Yeah, By the way, you can it. find the Ben Jarofsky Show on Twitter at Benny J Show. B E N N Y, the letter J Show. Once again, B E N N Y, the letter J Show. Don't worry, I run the Twitter account, <laughs> so we'll probably get back to you. Uh, and uh, speedy. Speedy time. Does so. a great job, by the way, because he's a millennial. He knows that stuff. And shout out to our good friend Pat Whalen. He's been doing a lot Another of millennial. Page as well. Yeah, yeah. Leave it to millennials. Ben, you're awful at Twitter. <laughs> Love so, millennials, though. So there you are. That's our first edition here of Beyond the Column, where we look at a Ben Jarofsky column, one from present day and one from the past, and a little bit of one in the future. Once again, what's the uh, upcoming uh, article going to be about, you think? About uh, Democratic delegation selection process here in the state of Illinois. So there you go. Look for that. And uh, with that, we're out of here. My name is Dennis. That's Ben Jarofsky. We'll see you next time for another Beyond the Column. That's correct. Wait. Yeah, we're done.